Welcome to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, right here in the middle of the high desert, we bid you good morning or good evening, depending on your time zone, across all these many, from the Tahitian and Hawaiian Islands, on eastward to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, similar mental pictures of both areas, south, well into South America, the hammocks of Belize, north, <laughs> north, to the poll. This is Coast to Coast AM live talk radio throughout the nighttime right here. I'm Art Bell. Good to be with you. We've got a lot to talk about. Still in the news, the downing of Ron Brown's airplane near the uh, Dubrovnik airport. Military version of the 740, uh, 737 that went down killing Commerce Secretary Ron Brown and now we're told 34 others that was about three miles north of the airport. Yes, the weather was bad, but why the crash? Well, the plane was off course and hit a mountain. How come? They're looking at the navigation system there uh, at Dubrovnik. It's very primitive. Uh, two beacons that operate, uh, but uh, I guess have had some problems. The president is grieving but is going to Oklahoma City tomorrow. First, he will plant a tree to commemorate his friend Ron Brown. Life beginning as it ends, I guess. And I don't know what the moral to this story is, except live every day as if it were your last, because it might be. An awful lot of notice being given to um, Ron Brown by the president. Very little mention of the others that were on the airplane, and there were uh, 34 others. Uh, many of them very important people, CEOs of the uh, major corporations of this country. So just a horrible accident, and I don't know what else you can say about it. Except, as I say, um, live every day as though it were your last, because uh, one day it will be, not maybe, but will be. We're all here for a fixed time. Some of us departing faster than normal, some of us courtesy of the Unabomber. For many, many, many years now, uh, federal authorities have been seeking the Unabomber. They think they have him. Theodore Kaczynski is the man's name. He's only a suspect at this point. But according to NBC, he seems to fit the profile of a mad bomber. Their words. A former Berkeley math professor... Mr. Kaczynski, who's been living the life of a hermit in the Montana mountains, was charged today, but not yet as the Unabomber. A single charge of making an illegal explosive device. Now, they have much more. This, thus far, is all they have charged him with. He said that he had no money for a lawyer, couldn't afford one, so one was appointed for him, a public defender. He's been ordered held without bail. And thus far, what they've found does seem damning. In other words, a partially finished pipe bomb, notes on how to build bombs, notes on hiding bombs in boxes, and various and sundry explosive chemicals. Federal officials say the materials, the chemicals, match the materials used in previous attacks. Now, that is very damning. 
Federal officials also saying they found two manual typewriters, and they will be checked against the manifesto uh, typed by the Unabomber and notes, various notes, sent over the years by the Unabomber. Uh, the Unabomber's family helped in his capture. They, apparently, living in Chicago, were getting ready to move, and as you do when you move, you know, you sort through a lot of things. They found suspicious notes that led them to believe their very own might be the Unabomber and turned it all over to the FBI. That was about a month prior to the arrest. The FBI went to work. One agent yesterday saying simply, this is him. So who is this guy who for 18 years sent bombs and blew up people? Well, it seems like he was living the life that he preached. Living alone, a very much alone, a hermit in fact, since the 1970s. Lived in a hand-built cabin, he built it. Rode a bicycle only, didn't have a car, didn't have any plumbing in his house, no electricity, no running water, a heavy-duty environmentalist, a well-educated, went to Harvard University of Michigan, won some science awards, taught at Berkeley, then dropped out. Then beginning three years later, the bombings all began. All of them aimed at technology at uh, people who have something to do with computers, executives, uh, that, uh, that sort of uh, target, then of course the Unabomber manifesto. Now finally, uh, perhaps the Unabomber himself. At least you can say of him, I guess, that he's lived the life he apparently preached. And I don't know what else you can say. If, by the way, he is ultimately charged with this bombing spree, California Governor Pete Wilson's vowing to do everything possible to make sure he's tried in California, where two people were killed uh, by the Unabomber. And you know what I think? I think that's not such a good idea. I understand why Governor Wilson would like it. But trials, big trials, have not turned out well in recent years in California, and my inclination would be to say, better somewhere else. And there are, I believe, many opportunities, because the Unabomber has uh, done his work uh, all over the country. The California beatings uh, by the Riverside County Sheriff's deputies continue to reverberate of the illegal aliens. The videotaped beatings, both defendants, the man and woman, beaten, have filed lawsuits seeking $10 million in damages. I wonder how long the line of lawyers was trying to see them after this. Should uh, such a lawsuit be allowed... After all, they are accused of serious felonies. They are not citizens of the country. And uh, it's a good question. Should such a lawsuit be allowed? It is a civil suit. No doubt they'll go after the uh, deputies involved, their families. The, uh, uh, the department itself... 
and the county of Riverside, I'm sure they'll go after that, uh, trying to determine where the deep pockets are, where the money is. Dear Art, here's the facts. First, the use of force for police is as follows. Remembering that the least amount of force to affect the arrest is all that can be used. In order, verbal, two, a show of force, in other words, numbers, back up, three, hand-to-hand -hand fighting, four, the nightstick, five, chemical mace, pepper, that sort of thing, six, taser or dog, if at hand, and then finally seven, deadly force, including guns. So you see, pulling the guns first would not follow doctrine. Well, I disagree with that. Uh, pulling guns and the use of guns, uh, that would be two different things. I would think that pulling guns in that situation uh, would have been appropriate, and, uh, and I would not have winced at that. For all they knew, uh, the people in the truck had shotguns. And I'll tell you this, if I were a cop, I wouldn't uh, be approaching that truck with a gun with the intent to, uh, uh, to fire it as soon as I got my target in sight. But I damn sure have it out and ready, wouldn't you? So that's where that stands, $10 million being sought. Free men in Montana. No breakthrough yet. The FBI is talking to the free men, though. Uh, three free men without arms came out to the edge of their property, set up little chairs and had a sit-down talk with the FBI for about an hour and 15 minutes yesterday. The message seems to be, from the FBI, this does not have to end badly. There doesn't have to be a war here. Let's talk. Now, we have no idea how it went. But the officials say the more talk, the less chance of violence in the end. Maybe cooler heads can prevail, and I, too, think this does not have to end violently. I think that uh, is nearly always sealed once somebody has been shot. I mean, if you've got the loss of life, then, uh, uh, then it's probably too late. The people inside know what they're going to be charged with, and they'll fight it to the death. Before something like that happens, you can talk effectively. The Texas Attorney General, get this, says an admitted child molester can be voluntarily castrated before he is released from prison. The ruling by the Attorney General could pave the way for Larry Don McQuay, 32, to undergo the procedure he says will curb his lust for children. And of course he has said that if he is released without it being done, he will molest and kill again. So it sounds like they're going to uh, grant his wish. I don't know that it's going to do any good. It would be interesting to have a medical opinion on that. I mean, who knows why somebody commits a crime against a child. This inmate seems to feel that it's medical. I don't think so. It can't hurt, but I'm not convinced it will help but on the other hand, if he's uh, bound and determined to volunteer, he'll make an interesting test case. Now, again from Doc Berry, three days in a row, the alarm bells sounded at Palos Verdes Nuclear Power Plants Unit Number 2 today. 
The public and media were told the alarms were only for a regular fire in a control box. The 1,500 pounds of rods still stuck, are still stuck, have been since March 22nd. Federal nuclear regulatory crews are there now. The media is being told there is no danger to the public. If your cats glow in the dark, it's because of a northeast wind from Arizona. Doc. Then this, uh, responding to Doc's previous messages. Art, over the last few days, you've quoted some faxes sent to you from a party referred to as Doc Berry. After having spent six and one-half years at that plant during its construction, I feel obligated to inject something here. Palo Verde was in the process of construction when the incident occurred at Three Mile Island. Due to the fact that Three Mile Island units were very similar to Palo Verde units, safety factors were introduced at Palo Verde to offset any possibility of a repeat of what happened at Three Mile Island. These safeguards required a completion time extension of about two years, which made Palo Verde, in addition to being the largest, also the safest. The refueling of a nuclear reactor is done while it is completely submerged in boron-rich water. Boron water solution is used to neutralize the radioactivity at times during the changing of the fuel cells, in other words, from the reactor through the tunnel to the fuel storage and in the used fuel storage area. In addition to the water boron safety factor, the whole operation is done within the confines of the com uh, containment building, which has facilities to take care of the removal of anything that might contaminate the atmosphere within the confines of the building. You will probably be informed by Doc Berry about a fire in the control room resulting in alarms going off. Art, the control room, is separated uh, from the reactor by many feet of reinforced concrete. So as a result, there can be no interaction between the two problems. Basically, the refueling of a reactor is done in a manual mode. Keeps it separate from the control room, which by necessity goes through a maintenance procedure during the refueling process so problems can arise. Due to the fact that I reside downwind from Palo Verde, I naturally became interested in the safety of the plant as it would be after completion. I'd like to say at this time I have not changed my place of residence. So, in other words, he feels it's safe. And uh, that is what I hear from many people. And with regard to these plants and what goes on inside, it's really, really hard to know what to believe. Because the only thing I'm fairly sure of is that uh, if something did occur, unlikely as it may be, why um, I have serious doubts about whether we'd be told. Dear Art, last night a caller mentioned that a report on Roswell could be purchased from the government. It is true. For a mere $52, you can buy a 996-page report titled The Roswell Report, Fact versus Fiction in the New Mexico Desert. The official position is, you guessed it, it was only Project Mogul. <laughs> so 996 pages of saying it was just Project Mogul. Mogul. AOL News, that's America Online, which I enjoy, has asked its members if their only opportunity to experience outer space required they spend five months aboard a space station, would they accept the idea? 
Now, bear in mind, 12,709 people responded. Of that number, 9,349 said yes, 73.56%. 22.919% said no, and only 425 were undecided. So 73% better than of the people said, yeah, given an opportunity to go to space, even if I had to stay five months, I would definitely do it. Um, by the way, I've got a very interesting article here entitled, well, there is no title. There are two subtitles. What to do if your pet is possessed and warning signs of a possessed pet. So bearing that in mind as something coming up that you're not going to want to miss, <laughs> stay right where you are. Now we take you back to the night of April 4th, 1996 on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. I don't know who sent this to me. It's got a picture of a cat with wide eyes, long fangs, and open mouth. And I believe that uh, there's a little saliva dripping from the corner of its feline jaws. And it's entitled, What to Do if Your Pet is Possessed. If your pet has any of the above symptoms, you can take action by taking your pet to a veterinarian, you must eliminate the possibility uh, that your pet's behavior, of course, is caused by a health problem. Consulting your priest, preacher, or rabbi, he can help you find an exorcist to drive the evil spirit out of your pet. And then I have not enough time to read it all, but a list of warning signs of a possessed pet. Your innocent pet could wind up harboring a raging demon. Ruining your happy home life, but if you know how to spot the seven warning signs that your pet is possessed, you can react quickly to minimize the damage. Things like sudden changes in behavior. An outgoing friendly pet suddenly becomes shy, depressed, or hostile. Sneakiness. Pet behaves while you're watching, but becomes destructive when your back is turned. Frenzy. Pet demonstrates extreme reactions to ordinary events, such as a dog who throws himself at the door, barking, scratching, and howling when some, someone passes by in front of the house. Malevolence. Pet seems to wish you or others in the household ill, often watching you in a very demonstrably unfriendly way. And the other signs of a possessed pet coming up after the break... <laughs> Don't forget, we've got our international line, we believe, up and working. We'll get that number to you in a moment. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996.
listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996. It sure is. You know, I kind of like getting started second half hour with this one, you may have noticed. There's just something about it that kind of gets my blood going. You know what this is from, don't you? It's Neil Diamond, of course, from Hot August Night. Anyway, listen, we've got an international line now. Uh, it's an international toll-free line. So if you're listening anywhere outside the United States, Mexico, or Canada, you can make a free, I said free, call to us, and I'm about to give you the number. And how to get in. It's uh, it's very easy, really. You just call the uh, operator or the, um, call the operator in your country and get the AT&T USA direct access number. And then either you dial it or you dial up the AT&T operator in your country. And uh, then you have her call or you call 800-893-0900. Let me give that again. 800-893-0903. No matter how you're hearing us on the Internet, courtesy of one of our big 50,000 waters, it goes blazing across all over the place. Um, however it is, uh, it will be toll-free for you, toll-free from anywhere in the world if you call that number. The USA Direct Access number followed by 800 800- Eight nine three zero nine zero three. Now, we've covered the first signs of possession of your pet: sudden change in behavior, sneakiness, frenzy, malevolence, and now excitement at misfortune. In other words, your pet becomes elated and overactive when something goes wrong in the household, as if he or she seems to be actually enjoying the event. Deterioration in personal habits. Pet enjoys filth, such as foul water, dirty food, or waste. Appearance undergoes a change for the worse. And then finally, nosiness. A possessed pet, I guess that's noisiness, <laughs> will screech, howl, and even scream. Noises increase over time. And they seem to have no logical cause. If any of these things, or several of these signs, apply to your pet, your pet may well be possessed. Hi, Art. It's characteristic of criminals to do stupid things that end up getting them caught. Wouldn't it be interesting if the typewriters seized from the Unabomber were actually the ones used to type the manifesto? This guy is a Harvard graduate. Borders on being a genius. He should have skipped a few math classes and watched a few more Perry Mason episodes instead. That's from Scott. And then finally, before we go to the phones, uh, this. Bob from Tempe High Art called m many times now. Went along with you on the Orient trip. Remember, I asked you a long question uh, at the question and answer meeting, yes, I recall. Um... I am a history major here at Arizona State University, wanted to say something about religion. I've noticed a lot of people calling in lately, making reference about whether you're a good Christian or not, and usually criticizing you, calling you the Antichrist, no matter what your answer. I agree with you that 
Religion is an intensely personal matter. No matter how much sense someone speaks, you can never be talked into religion. I guess a lot of religious people are just not aware of this. I sat right behind you in the temple of the Emerald Buddha in Thailand. I'm presently in the middle of a deep study of myself and how I view God. Haven't come up with any definitive answer, but I know that with time I'll arrive at something, something I believe to be the truth. And as Jesus said, the truth shall set you free. Well, I appreciate that, and I remember the uh, moment well at the Emerald Buddha in Thailand. It was a very special time. All right, uh, to the phones, any topic you want to talk about is absolutely fair game. East of the Rockies, looks like you're first up this morning. Uh, you're on the air, coast-to-coast -coast AM with Art Bell. Hi. Hi, Art. How are you doing today? I'm just fine. Uh, my name is Dean, and I was calling uh, to see if uh, you'd be interested in appearing on... Uh, uh, Dean, uh, number one, would you turn your radio off, please? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. I've got to tell everybody that. It's like a, um, it's like a regular instruction. Ah, uh, yes. Actually, that was from the Internet. Okay. Um, I'd like to uh, invite you to show up to the us.undernet.org uh, chat room we have. U.S. Undernet org? Yeah. That's uh, correct. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what is there? Uh, we have... Two things. We have a UFO channel mm -hmm. that uh, there's quite a few interested parties, as well as a Art Bell channel. Hmm. Uh, right now we've got about 30 people in there listening uh, to your show and chatting hey. back and forth. Hey, guys. Well, um, okay, there's yet another one, sir. I, I thank you for the call. That's uh, part of the growing Internet weave. Sometimes it's a little difficult to see a revolution when you are right in the middle of it. But this one seems very easy to see. Does it not to you? I'm talking about the Internet, computers, and the way things are going right now. Have you noticed that you cannot listen to a program? You cannot view a CNN news show or even the networks that don't yield up at some point a worldwide web address. We are in the middle of a revolution, a very, very fast-moving revolution in America right now, I guess in the world. I have never in my life seen such a rapid increase in the use of the net. It is, it is very, it's almost a living organism. Now, of course, it is not. But in many ways, it is like that. And I wonder how many of you have thought about it. This incredible interconnection that has occurred not as a planned thing. In other words, there was no great master plan that somebody sat down and put together about how the whole world will be connected by computer with email and messaging and uh, photographs and anything you want transferred back and forth. Nobody planned it out exactly. It just, it sort of happened. And it's happening very, very quickly now. It is a, a true... Um, 
dimensional jump. It's a revolution, and it's occurring right now. And like the uh, like the the frog or the lobster cooking in the pot that continually gets warmer, I think that we're not noticing it. I certainly am, and uh, and many of you may be, but I have never seen such a fast change in all my life. Have you? It is it is quite remarkable. This organism that is beginning to grow called the internet, amazing. <laughs> Now we take you back to the night of April 4th, 1996, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Well, you would have been. I think we just missed you. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Uh, good morning, Art. Good morning to you. Uh, this is Frank in Evanston, Wyoming. Yes, sir. Um, I have a little poem that I wrote about the Unabomber, if you'd like to hear it. No, I'd rather not. Um, I'd rather not have people read. It just doesn't work out. But if you want to talk to me about the Unabomber, we can do that. All right. Well, um, I just think that uh, what's been happening with the Unabomber, I mean, we really don't know if it's really the guy in Montana that did it. Well, Austin. we don't, but I cited what they had so far, and that sounds fairly damning. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, especially out, out west here, I mean, we all make bombs to, or I guess you would call or, or get dynamite to, for stumps and this and that. So, I mean, you know, you don't really know. I mean, a lot of people have, have strong opinions, too, against the government out here. That doesn't make, just because we make something uh, to blow up a stump or, or we have uh, anti-government feelings doesn't mean that necessarily that, that we're out here killing people. Um. How many people blow up stumps with pipe bombs? Well, I haven't personally, but but uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I've made, come on, <laughs> I've mean, made I've made little bombs myself. Well, so have I. Do that. So have I. You know, I mean, I have a little bit of chemistry background, and 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 I don't know if 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 what I'm doing is illegal, but I'm not doing it for illegal purposes. How many of these people? Uh, make pipe bombs and then and then construct uh, meticulous notes on how to place them and send them in packages. Well, that I don't. <laughs> I guess you have a point there. And then there's the chemical makeup of the bombs, matching the bombs that uh, went off and killed people earlier. Fairly heavy point there, huh? Oh, did they say that. Mm-hmm. They're similar. Yes. Uh oh, I didn't know that. Uh huh. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Art. I appreciate have a, have the show. A, you bet. Have a good day, sir. I think they've got their man. Now, of course, everybody is innocent until proven guilty, but I think they've got their guy. The question is, what would drive somebody to do that? And I think the answer is, to me, fairly obvious. One, the man did live the life that he preached. We already covered that. Uh, two would be uh, this hatred of what I just talked about, the growing web of the Internet, computers, telecommunications, modern technology. I had a man who called the show the other night. You may have heard him. And he said, all technology is of the devil, Satan, all technology. 
Now forget the fact that he was using a phone to call me and was himself on the Internet and hundreds of radio stations distributed by a geosynchronous satellite and technology that he couldn't possibly even understand. Forget all that. But he said all of this is of the devil. Maybe that's why he or one of his friends called up and said I was the Antichrist. <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello, Art. Hi. I'm in Clackamas, Oregon. Okay. You know, you know what I think? No, I don't know I, what you I think, sir. I think God sir. should make it rain 40 days and 40 nights and get rid of all this, these evil people. Well, what about all the good people that would drive? Well, then they'd go to heaven. They'd go to heaven? And everybody else would sink, Perish. sink, sink down in yeah. fiery... Uh, well, first, you'd, you'd have to go through all the water, I suppose. But I, then, I'm sure Leonard would agree with me. Uh, maybe he would. Maybe he'll call you up tonight. Maybe he will. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. I wish it had rained for 40 days and 40 nights and ship all these sinners off to hell so we Christians could be sucked up, go to heaven. Wishing for a flood, huh? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Going once. Going twice. Gone. First time caller line. You're on the air. Hi. Hey, I have all your phone numbers except for your fax line. Think I could get that number? Uh, you are not a first-time caller? Yeah, I am. Okay, sure. It's uh, My fax number is area code 702-727-8499. Thank you. You're welcome. Somebody wanting to fax me, and you are, uh, of course, welcome to do that. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Uh, Mike in San Francisco. Hi, Mike. Two things. Um, one, I was going to comment on the uh, standoff with the Freeman. Yes, sir. But uh, I guess first I just wanted to make one comment about what you just mentioned on the devil and technology. I think a lot of people sort of suspect that the devil is this actual person or thing out there that makes people do things. Mm -hmm. I really think it's kind of an internal inadequacy in one form or another that basically allows people to, to lose their self-control in some area. you believe in God? Uh, actually, no. No? Agnostic more than... It's not that I think he doesn't exist, it's that I don't know if he does. I like that fact you got from uh, somebody about 10 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago where he was doing his own search, he said, in college. Wanted to come up with his own internal beliefs. Yeah, I've been doing that for many years. I have, I have never reached the point where I could say yes, I believe. So I'm waiting. I, I don't uh, discourage anybody who has faith from continuing on. Uh -huh. I haven't reached that point. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I have either. In other words, not, not with a very structured uh, a set of beliefs. I have a, a sort of a loose personal feeling that there definitely is a creator but it doesn't it doesn't go beyond that at the moment yeah i, I mentioned uh when we talked about richard Oldman's theories that uh, it didn't bother me in the least and i was kind of hoping we'd find some better society that that either created us or sent us here or i'd kind of like to know you mm -hmm. know if there's somebody who knows a hell of a lot more than we do wouldn't uh, we all but on the standoff yes sir uh, and this is completely unrelated uh, you had a caller yesterday who said that we should have moved in a long time ago and could move in now with tear gas. Yes. And I kind of agree with his thinking on what will happen. Uh, I'm not sure I care, you know, how they do this, but I kind of think the longer you wait, the more they are playing the string, you know, 
Yeah, uh, I've been FBI. I've been I've been trying to figure that one out and, myself. And I mean, you, so you, you, you think as time goes on, the danger of it turning out poorly increases? Yes. And the reason is I don't think our government or any of our foreign policy people, when we're dealing with other countries, puts themselves in the other person's position enough. It's one thing to understand philosophy. It's another thing to vision yourself sitting in their spot. What would you do? And if I were the free men. I'd be plotting away, number one, to not lose any political points when this ends, no matter what, and then worry about my own survival second. You know, they want to win the public opinion battle first. And the longer this goes on, the more they're going to have to become martyrs. All right. Well, I appreciate your call, but their actions uh, may preclude any possibility of their generally winning uh, the public's approval. And by that I mean um, the so-called freemen uh, have taken actions that I think have already pretty much condemned them in the eyes of the public and precluded uh, support even from militia groups uh, around the country. I think everybody stood back from this one, took a fair look at what was going on and said, hey, this is not Waco, this is not Ruby Ridge. This is a very different situation, and I and I, I do believe that people listen to a couple or three days of calls that we took the pains to get here from people in Montana trying to find out the unscreened truth for you about you know what's going on there, and I think it had an effect on our international line. You're on the air. Good morning. Uh, good morning. This is uh, no, I should say good afternoon. This is uh, Mr. Young calling from uh, Shenzhen, China. From Shenzhen, uh, yes, hello, from Shenzhen, China? Yes. Oh, my. Uh, welcome oh. Uh, welcome to yeah, the program. I learned this from a friend of mine in Sacramento. Yes. And she told me that, that uh, uh, the host is Art Bell. Uh, Art, Bell. Uh, Art Bell? Yes, my name is Art Bell, and you are now on the air all over America and the world. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the, this is the chance I'm, I'm going to be a star. I'm a star, right? You are a star now. Yes. What would you like to say to the world? Well, I don't know. I just I have no idea, uh, <laughs> no idea at all about your uh, about your radio station. But uh, well, first thing I like to say is I like to say hello to my friend in Sacramento. Her name is Beth. Okay. Uh, it's such a height. Yes, you said hello to Beth in Sacramento. Yeah, Beth in Sacramento, such a height. I also, you know, I was in your city about one year ago. Oh, I, I heard that because uh, my friend uh, wrote me a letter, and uh, she told me that uh, you are in Sinza last year, right? Yes. Oh, I just, I, I think you still have some very, very fresh memory of my city, and uh, just like the memory I have of your city. Uh, yes, um, your city was amazing. So many trucks, so much economic activity going on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, when I was in Sacramento, and um, that was some years ago, and I was, uh, uh, I, I, I was at school there, and I was at, at a, con a conjunction of the streets, and I was counting the cars. There was a car going... Listen, my friend. Listen to me. Listen to me for a moment. I have a break for the news. Will you call me back after the news? And how long will that be? About five minutes. Okay. Talk to you then from Communist China. We'll be right back. 
you're listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996. presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired April 4th, 1996. Once again, here I am, lots of subjects on the table. The Unabomber, lots of people talking about that. The Freeman uh, Movement standoff, whatever you want to call it. The uh, Ron Brown death because of the crash. Just lots and lots of things on the table to talk about. Really, what's ever uh, on your mind is fair game. Just prior to the top of the hour, some of you will not have heard it. You're just joining us now at this hour. We got a call on our international line from Shenzhen province in China. And I asked the gentleman to call back, and we'll see if he does. That is uh, an economic province in communist China. That marks the first call from uh, communist China. So I'm very pleased about that. And uh, if he gets back to us, we'll ask him a little bit about what's going on in the province now. We do have an international line now, and if you want to call us internationally from anywhere in the world, uh, the way you can do it is to get hold of your AT&T USA Direct Access Operator, or if you have the access number, use that. Then when you get the uh, when you get the line, the direct USA Direct Access uh, AT&T line, you just call one. Or, no, excuse me, don't dial one. Just dial 800-893-0903. and it will be toll free from anywhere in the world. And it was good to hear from China, as you know. I spent some time in uh, Shenzhen Province. Uh, it's been uh, it's been about a year now. Since I've been in that、uh, city, in that part of China, but、uh, my recollections of it now come flooding back after talking to that man a little while ago. It is a wild economic ride they're undergoing in China. If you were to see it, it would scare you. And I don't lightly、uh, use that term. You have never in your life seen that kind of economic activity. It was frightening. And、uh, we were—we had something to do with、uh, some of it, but、uh, the Japanese, the Germans, and、uh, the Americans, to a lesser degree, and just country after country involved in joint projects, 
with factories for miles and miles and miles and miles of nothing but factories and economic activity. And uh, it was an amazing sight to behold, and uh, talking to that man from uh, China reminded me of that. His English uh, quite legible, and uh, just more of the adventure, I guess, that we're going to undergo as we sort of add an international flavor uh, to the program with this line. It's, it's pretty neat. And it's going to be it's going to be like everything else, you know. We're not screening those calls, so wherever they come from, and however they come, they come. Absolutely fascinating. We are truly uh, in a technological breakthrough point. I said that uh, last hour in reflection to some degree on what the Unabomber was saying, but there is there is a full revolution underway. I mean, right now. And maybe you're a little like the, the frog or the, you know, the lobster in the slowly heating water and you don't know what's going on. But you cannot watch a TV show, you cannot watch any program out there right now without bumping into Internet web addresses and all the rest of it. Just about everything is beginning to become the internet it is almost like a living organism it isn't it isn't but it's getting closer all the time and I don't mean some great intellect that's going to suddenly take over but all of these interconnected uh, large processors and data banks it is it is fascinating what's going on isn't it telecommunications we now have the first true international toll-free 800 line. This was done for us by AT&T with about two weeks of research. Nobody had ever done anything like it before. And we said, well, we'd like it. And they said, well, okay, we'll see if we can do it. And they put their best minds to work. And they did it. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. So somebody can sit out there and dial a bunch of numbers and call toll-free right into here. Isn't that amazing? Just one more notch in the technology uh, belt. Absolutely amazing. All right, back to the lines. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes, sir. This is Matt from Idaho once again. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? All right. Hey, I have a question. Wasn't uh, wasn't there like a million dollar reward for the arrest and prosecution of uh, the, Unabomber? the Unabomber? I think so. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, will the brother take the money and run, or what? That's an interesting question. I would pose that to people out there. Uh, what should he do? Or? Well, I, I would say number one, uh, if if he wants it, and if this is the Unabomber, then he certainly deserves it. Um, what would you do in such a case? I mean, if you found writings in your home mm -hmm. that told you that you probably had as a brother the Unabomber, yeah. what, would, what would you do? Boy, that is a, that's a hard question. I, you know, you'd hate to... Well, I'm sure it was a hard question for him. Sure. I mean, um, boy, you hate to see innocent people getting blown up, you know. Um, if he does take the money, what will he do with it? I mean, uh, anything he wants. What should he do? What do you think he should do with it? Let's say if he takes it. I don't know. 
Um, I think uh, if... I think if he gets it, uh, thank you very much for the call, he deserves it. It's a good question, and it must not have been easy. Unabomber or not, I guess if it's not your brother or your sister, you know, it's easy to, uh, to say, well, of course I'd turn them in. But when it's your own flesh and uh, blood... Uh, Going to the FBI might not be so easy. Huh? That'd be a rough one. That would really be a rough one, and I wouldn't speculate as to the person's uh, motives. And I would rather err on the side of believing that they did it not for the money, and that that is what I think, but did it only after very hard reflection and thought. Blood is thicker than water, you know. So that would not be an easy call. That would not be an easy call. Dear Art, I have a solution to all the world's problems. Why not put the police from L.A. Riverside in Montana? <laughs> Steve in San Diego. <laughs> Jeez, Steve. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hey, Art. Hello. My name's Lyle. I'm calling from San Diego. Hi, Lyle. I'm listening to you on a little 30-year-old transistor-looking radio, General Electric. You are, huh? This is the last time I ever get to call this number. Why is, oh, that's I'm true. The, the first and last time. This is your big shot. Yeah, I had a couple comments and questions. First of all, all these uh, kind of hyped-up Christians that call you, uh -huh. I feel bad. I'm, I'm a Christian. I guess I can halfway understand their, or appreciate the burning faith that would want to flood all the evil people out. So I know, you know the little uh, Darwin fish that you see on cars sometimes? Yes. I think those are really funny, but I also, in me, want to just slam into them. And so uh, I guess I understand those people, but I, I feel bad. Sometimes I think it's a bunch of kooks. You, you, you would like to slam into a person who has a Darwin fish? No, well, no, I, I think because I appreciate the humor in it that someone thought, and they're kind of one up on us. Yeah. It's but just it's too much of a slam for you. A, huh? Yeah, that's it. It's such a slam. So I don't know. I I I think they're funny, but I I can understand those people who call. I wonder. Uh, do you think that uh, vehicles so equipped, displaying such a um, symbol, are keyed more or less frequently than other vehicles? I don't know. I wonder. <laughs> okay, and I I think that's wrong. And I when I feel that way, I think what what a jerk. Yeah. Right? Anyway, well, I had a I had a question for you. Yes, you're talking about this um, all the the web stuff. I'm pretty much kind of in the stone age as far as um, computers go. Yes, I do freelance artwork, and I'm sitting here right now drawing with pens and paper, which is kind of odd, I guess. But I kind of understand like what you're saying. Everybody's got a website, and I wonder when you hook up. Well, what I'm saying is there's a revolution going on as we speak, and yeah. it's really moving fast. I. I you're right. Like everything you hear is suddenly the internet. Yeah. Suddenly it's a net everywhere. Yes. And I've heard like people talk about viruses and, and stuff. I don't completely understand it. I wonder when you're hooked up to these big web things, is there someday someone you know kind of evil with or not evil, just smart with nothing else to do, going to figure out how to get into everybody's computer and shut them down or depend on it, it, sir. Depend on it. Thank you. I see on a daily basis warnings from America Online and the other services, 
that there's some new computer virus out there. Under no circumstances, it will say, download the following. And there are people out there trying. And there are certainly evil geniuses out there all around the world working on ways to infect the entire net. One day somebody will do it. That's the dark side. There's a bright and a dark side. That's a part of the dark side. But it is almost, in that sense, like a living organism with tentacles going everywhere. And like any living organism, it can probably be poisoned. So we could think of these people, these evil geniuses who are out there cooking up ways to poison the organism uh, in, in, in exactly that way. And uh, sure, it could suddenly be killed. What's even more interesting uh, to speculate about is where it's going. Where is it going, this incredible growing, almost living organism of interconnection, uh, and it's moving very quickly toward what destination, you might ask. Uh, take the call that we got a, a little while ago from Shenzhen, China. Uh, as an example, there's communist China, very, very closed society. I wonder if it has occurred to them, and of course it probably hasn't, that somebody can pick up a telephone like that man did, on the other side of the world, in the middle of a controlled communist country, and call a national American talk show. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, you know, where all this is uh, is leading. And, um, you know, what, what you're hearing is just, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing thing that's going on in the world. And it will roll over governments. It will roll over ideologies. It will shrink the world. It's just, um, it's absolutely amazing to think about. And I think it's one of the things that was very much on the Unabomber's mind. Wouldn't you say? I would. You're listening to Art Bell's Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996. All right, back to the lines. We've not heard back from our friend in China yet. I'm not really so sure that the Chinese uh, government would be wild about the fact that somebody from uh, China could call a talk show, an American talk show, a nationwide network talk show. I know they, I just, I know they wouldn't be wild about that. That was an amazing call. Uh, first time caller line, you're on the air. Good morning. Yeah, uh, this is uh, Eric from Missoula. Hello, Eric. How's Missoula, Montana? Hold on, let me, let me turn this radio Oh, ab turn it off, actually. Because I know that uh, you're pretty angered by that. No, it's not that I get angry. It's that um, uh, people get confused and sound confused when they have it running in the background because of the delay, and it makes them sound uh, disconnected. Oh, okay. Oh, I understand. Okay, good. All right. Uh, anyway, what was I going to ask you? I was going to ask you about the... Uh, 
when you were talking earlier about the technology uh, growing so fast, well, what are your views on that? Your I, yeah, it's, it's a good question. I have, of course, I'm right in the middle of it in every way, as you know. Yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, so I'm reflective about it, and I think it has a good side and a bad side. On balance, I think it's better uh, than it is um, uh, worse. In other words... I think it has more of an upside than a downside, but it does have a dark side. Right. And I'm not blind to it, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm watching it. And uh, since I'm right in the middle of it, it's a little hard to watch. I mean, here I am in the middle of video conferencing technology. Somebody's sitting here watching me right now, telling me to put out my cigarette. <laughs> anyway, we can do that. We can go on the Internet. We can talk to people all around the world, good or bad, um, mostly good. But with a downside, and and I'm you know so I'm I'm thoughtful about it. I, that's the only answer I can give you. Oh well, thanks. Yeah, I, I mean I just I tend to run 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 to run into a lot of people here at this university. I'm a student here, and who uh, they were kind of on the downfall of it, and I tend to disagree. I mean I I think it's interesting, and it's just kind of nice to you know talk to somebody about it. And, Think of, uh, no, I'm glad you called, and I think that we all should be a little introspective about it. Thank you very much for the call. That's why I brought up the subject. I, You know, on the, on the heels of the capture of the Unabomber and what his message was, is, I am not blind to the dangers as well as the plus side of all of this. I guess we're going to move ahead no matter what. We can be introspective about it. It's not going to stop it, that's for sure. So where is this great wave going to carry us? Where do you think it's going to carry us? There are a lot of people out there who think it is pure evil. The Unabomber was obviously one of those, and I've talked to plenty of other people here on the program who feel the same way. Uh, as I've said, uh, I'm fascinated by it captivated by it, right in the middle of it, but still able to stand back enough to say, mm-hmm, what are we doing here? Interesting question. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello. Hello. This is uh, John. Hello, John. Where are you? I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge, all right. Well, yeah. what's, go what's going on in Baton Rouge? Oh, well... It, to me, uh, it's not a very friendly place anymore. Why? Um, well, for example, um, I go get a driver's license out from out of, from another state, and I have my birth certificate, and I have this current driver's license from yes. this other state, Colorado. Sure. So I go in there to go ahead and get it changed over, and uh, I get I don't I don't have what they won't. Well, what do you mean you don't have what they want? Well, they want like two, they have a, uh, requirements to get this driver's license. Yeah. And I didn't have like two forms of ID and a social security card and so on and on and on, you know? Well, then you're not a person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that upset me today, and I just finally find it very unfriendly, just kind of like the, uh, the Mexicans or the aliens, no, not a, the the immigrants. The e, I guess they were illegal immigrants. I don't. We don't even know that for sure. 
who was all illegal and who was legal. The people in the car in, in uh, Riverside. Pickup truck, yes. Yeah, when they got beat like that, that that's the spirit of America now. It's kind of getting to be a mean place. Uh, that, that, that's upsetting, but... Yes, uh, yes, I think generally uh, Americans are less humored than they used to be, less patient than they used to be, maybe a little meaner than they used to be. I think all that's kind of true. Yes, sir. Um, uh, uh, what's, uh, you're talking about the technology and all that now. Um, what do you think about the, uh, the crash in Bosnia? I I'm, a, I'm a pilot. I'm unemployed right now, but I am a pilot. And um, they were, from the facts that I got through C-SPAN and everything, they were executing a what they call an NDB approach. It's non-directional approach. There were two non-directional beacons. Listen, I've got to leave you uh, at this point. I'm sorry, we've got a break. Uh, I'm not a pilot, so I couldn't offer an expert opinion, but we'll have a word or two to say about it here in a moment. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996. Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996. Good morning, everybody. I'm Art Bell. Good to be here. want to remind you that we do have an international toll-free line when I can get to it. And uh, it does ring, but I can't always get to it. We treat it as we do the other lines, and we just let it ring until... Uh, we answer. I try to give it some priority, but uh, obviously, and you know, if we're in the middle of something else and I can't go to it, I can't. So uh, there you have it. But and no matter where you are in the world, you can call us toll-free, as a man in Shenzhen Province, China, did about a half hour ago. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And uh, I got a couple of faxes about it. Um, and he just may not have been able to get back through yet. Uh, but here's one. Dear Art, maybe the reason call from China hasn't called back is because the communist government has realized that any of their citizens can call an American talk show. Uh, that's from San Diego. And comments on uh, technology, too. I'm getting those. I think that uh, technology art has not improved life on this planet the way it was expected to. I think it has enabled greedy and powerfully evil people to destroy whole 
uh, tracts of prime land, wipe out whole species of plants and animals, and ultimately art, you'll see in your lifetime that technology drives us back to a, a mentality that we will wish we could hide from and won't be able to anymore. That's from Mike. Interesting, huh? So there are a lot of people uh, nervously uh, not exactly embracing this uh, change in technology, this revolution taking place all around us right now. It is amazing what's going on if you step back from it. Absolutely amazing. Art, sometimes I think people get so involved in their fast-paced technological lifestyle that they don't realize what it would be like without it. The Unabomber, I feel, saw all too clearly how technology, technology was destroying the human race and may have gone over the edge in despair. Uh, also, Art, did you know that all of the UPCs in the world have their code? 666, the number of the Antichrist. Eventually, nobody will be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. So, I know, there are many, many of those who feel that uh, it is of the devil. Uh, so, you see, I'm exactly right. I'm exactly right. And maybe that's why, with all my use of technology, some out there have decided to call me the Antichrist. <laughs> what a terrible thing to be called. And yet I understand their connection. I understand how they're getting there. Uh, on the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Hi. This is Craig from somewhere in Southern California. Okay. Unidentified somewhere in Southern California. It's like saying, here I am, a needle somewhere in a haystack. But go ahead. <laughs> well, you would mentioned earlier something about the brother of the Unabomber or potential alleged Unabomber. Alleged Unabomber, yes. Uh, the, the signs are very powerful that he may be the one. And uh, I believe his brother is the one who found the information and ultimately talked to the uh, FBI. Well, I have an interesting story in my life. Um, years about, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, I had a girlfriend who eventually ended up being murdered. Oh, boy. And I remember at the time, I was fairly young. I was like eighth grade. I remember my oldest brother, who has been diagnosed as a schizophrenic. Yes. He he took a strange, uh, a bizarre liking to this particular girlfriend. Uh -huh. And I never really thought about it at the time. He acted really strange around her. And uh, there was one incident in particular that I, I remember him physically putting his hands on her and shoving her out the door told her, don't come back. He was, there was something about his behavior that just was really odd, along with him being mentally unstable. And, uh, you know, life went on. I didn't, you know, I only saw her over that summer when I was in between 8th and ninth grade. What was the manner of the murder? Um, somebody broke into her apartment and potentially tried to rape her. As far as I remember, she was strangled to death. Strangled. And, you know, I thought about it at the time, I thought, you know, maybe my, you know, I my remember brother. the obsession that yep. my brother had with it. 
So, I never, I never told any. I never said. I never went to the police. Two, I never, two questions: uh, Was the murder solved? No. It's an unsolved murder. Unsolved murder. And yeah. and to this day, you think it's possible? It's it's possible. There were, there was other signs. I, I remember my mother caught my brother uh, making strange phone calls. He he would take my sister's high school annual, look up pretty girls in the annual, and call them and make. I don't know if he was making obscene phone calls or, or if he was just calling to talk to him. But, you know, like I say, I was fairly young at the time. The thought crossed my mind, you know, maybe he had something to do with it. And then being my brother, I said, no, nah, you know, I, I know him better than that. He's not going to get involved in anything like that. And I, to, to this day, I've never told anybody about it. And I don't know if they'd still have evidence around, if they collected any evidence at the time. My brother has since disappeared. Well, there is uh, no statute of limitations that I'm aware of on murder. Uh, so it's never too late uh, to find out. You say your brother has disappeared. Yeah, see, being... Oh, that's very interesting. Well, being he was a schizophrenic, he we finally got him on medication. Uh-huh. And for a while, while he was taking his medication, he... He was fine. He was a little lethargic. Yes, but it, but it brought him back down to earth. Um, something like something like lithium or some sort of class of drug like that. Something like that. And, mm -hmm. and I remember his psychiatrist was going on vacation. He was handled by somebody else. His medication ran out, and when his medication ran out, he he flipped out again. Took some money out of the bank. He was getting SSI at the time, and just and disappeared. That was about nine years ago, ten years ago. All right. Well, I, I very much, uh, listen, I very much appreciate the call, sir, and the, um, I'm not sure uh, what I would do in such a case. I, I, I would think that if it's bothering you, you would want to go to the police. But it's not an easy call for anybody. It wouldn't be an easy call for anybody if it was your own flesh and blood. It's easy enough to sit back and consider it academically. If you're actually able to walk in those shoes, I mean, suppose you did what apparently this brother did. Suppose you did that. Went up into the attic you were moving, leaving Chicago for another place, and suddenly ran into a bunch of writings... Uh, from a, a relative of yours that might indicate this relative might be a mad bomber. Would you go to the FBI? Would you talk to your family first? Would you try to contact your brother? Would you not go to the authorities? Not an easy choice, no matter how you crack it up. Not an easy choice. And, and I also think, again, that a good subject of, of Ford discussion here would be, in effect, what the, the Unabomber's cry was. It was a cry against technology. And according to what we can see, this man lived the life that he preached. He rode a bicycle, lived in a hand-built cabin, had an outhouse, no running water, no television, I presume no radio, no electricity. was uh, very intelligent, couple of college degrees, and a total hermit. That's what they know of this man accused of being the uh, 
actually not yet accused of being the Unabomber, but thought to be in the evidence seems pretty heavy. Man is 50-some-odd years old, 53 or 54, I forget, something like that. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Let me get the radio off. Yes, get it off, please. Hey, Arbel, it's good to talk to you again. I'm uh, calling good. from uh, Merced, California. Merced, K-Y-O-S. Yes, yes, sir. David. Um, I remember uh, listening to uh, one of your guests uh, that uh, spoke on, on the Mayan calendar. Yes. And I was reading in the paper today, and they had the lunar eclipse that she was talking about yesterday. Right. And um, I... From what I remember, I think 52 days from yesterday, there was supposed to be a, cat a catastrophic event or some type of disaster. And yet here we are still. Yes. Mm -hmm. but So I think it's uh, May 25th is uh, 52 days from from the lunar eclipse that happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I'll be, I'll be looking for that. Um, and I was just wondering... Uh, if it if it tied in with any of the uh, predictions that uh, Michael Scallion made, well, Mr. Scallion uh, suggested there could be trouble, um, or, or a particular window through April 10th, which means we've got about five days for that particular window. It doesn't automatically mean something's going to occur whenever such a prediction is made, but they just um, the people who do this kind of thing lay out windows or periods of time where things are more likely than not and he's been uh, been awfully uh, right on the money uh, so far so I'll be watching as I'm sure you all will April is always a very something's gonna happen in April you don't have to stick your neck out very far to know that April 19th of course is the anniversary of the Waco thing that may bring a problem I hope not President, by the way, is going to Oklahoma City um, today, later on today. So April is always, uh, every year, something something has occurred in April. Don't ask me why, but it's, it's a month when things happen. And it's been so every year. Anybody have any thoughts on why that might be? Or it has been that way for several years, to the point where... I almost think of April or get ready or brace myself for whatever it is that's going to occur in April. Now we take you back to the night of April 4th, 1996 on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Once again, if you would like to reach us internationally from Europe or Asia or South America, uh, wherever it is that you are in the world, uh, we'd love to hear from you, and it's easy to do. Uh, now, we have the U.S., Canada, and Mexico locked out. So other than those areas, which uh, can dial us up on the regular lines, either toll-free or otherwise, um, you you can uh, you can reach us toll free. Uh, you can call toll free from London or Shenzhen Province in China or wherever you are. The way you do it is reach uh, your AT uh, 
somehow or another, you must divine what the AT&T USA direct access number is. Or you can call your operator and get the AT&T operator. Then call 800-893-0903. It will be completely toll-free for you. It is the first true toll-free international worldwide line ever installed by any phone company. And we've got it. 800-893-0903. Amazing. As the world turns, huh? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Going once, going twice, gone. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Good morning. How are you? How are you? I'm fine. Um, calling from Connecticut. Uh, I've only been listening to you for about uh, three weeks now. Um, are you familiar with the work of Edgar Casey? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, did you know that he said that the earth changes would commence when you started hearing rumors about uh, man controlling the weather? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a fact. I'm very... I've been into the Casey stuff for about 25 years, and I have everything that he ever said in book format on CD-ROM, and uh, that's a fact. I'm curious, where are you in Connecticut, by the way? Uh, I'm in East Hampton. East Hampton. Yeah, I'm listening to you on WJR out of Detroit. Out of Detroit. Long reach. Yes, it is. I wish I could get you closer. <laughs> you well, around uh, 4 o'clock. Yeah, hang in there. Uh, we're uh, we're going to be on shortly in Hamden, Connecticut now. Maybe you'll be able to hear us from there. That'd be good. And by the way, uh, about uh, a dozen years ago, or maybe a little longer than that, my wife and I were involved with Gordon Michael Scallion in, in East Hartford when he was just really getting his feet wet with this stuff. He is quite a remarkable person, isn't he? Yeah, he's, you know, who knew, you know? I mean, <laughs> he's quite a, he's got, got a tremendous track record. Uh, he, he does, and, and I thank you for the call. And not only does he have a tremendous track record, uh, but he is sincere, and I think that's probably what affected me more than any other thing about Gordon Michael Scallion, is in private conversations with him, uh, he was just as intense, concerned, and real as he was in public. And that led me, and still does, to say, if there is such a thing as somebody who can see the future, who has visions, uh, he is definitely the real thing. I mean, to me, he is. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm certain it can be done. I'm just saying if there is a real McCoy, he's the real McCoy. One of these days, we'll get him back on the air again. It's been a while. Uh, he is a fascinating individual. We have a lot in common. He's a ham. And uh, we stay in touch. As events dictate, we uh, will bring him back on the air. Fascinating. Is there somebody sitting here on video and watching me right now? That's our video telephone. And they say, what are you looking at when you're looking up? Well, the answer is, uh, when I'm looking up, I'm generally looking at the clock. I have a clock above me. And if you work on network radio... You live and die by that clock. And believe me, if you don't live by it, you die by it. You either come and go as you are supposed to, or you get chopped off like a bad dream <laughs> by an alert board operator somewhere. So I watch the clock, of course, very carefully. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. 
Hi, Art. Uh, Hi. This is Brett calling from Chicago. Hi, Brett. Listen to you on WTMJ out of Milwaukee, actually. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, I wanted to make a few comments about people who are so down on uh, technology. Uh, okay. Half of them call you on the phone. <laughs> no, is, almost all of them do. Right, or they fax you. Those are all uh, technological advances. It is true. Of the 20th, 20th century. No, it's it's true. Yeah. But, and, but, um, but, but there is a valid argument, don't you think, to be, or at least a controversy to be chewed through, about how fast we move, whether we're going too fast, and, and there is a downside to it. I mean, I'm in the middle of it, and I know that. Sure. I think it's, evol it's evolutionary. You know, we must uh, evolve to adapt to keep up with what's going on, and um, I think it's just a response to uh, the society and changing of the human body and things like that. Okay, try this one out. Okay. Are, are we evolving intellectually as quickly as... Uh, science and technology is advancing. In other words, are we keeping up uh, with science? Uh, some of us are. Uh, sadly to say, probably the majority of us aren't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking, um, well, you know, the education system and things, public schools and things like that, um, aren't preparing our young folks for keeping up with how fast we are evolving. And I think um, there's some of us, I'm not saying me or you know or you or anybody, but there are a few people <laughs> that are keeping up with it. Um, I, I think maybe some of the things that Hoagland and some of the other people NASA got going on, uh, they may be keeping up with it. I downloaded your pictures from the internet about. They are something, aren't they? Oh man, they're amazing. <laughs> I know. All right, I've got to run, sir. Thank you very much for the call. More coming right after the break. You're listening to Art Bell somewhere in time on Premier Radio Networks tonight. An encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996. Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996. Well, 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 well. We've got an interesting breaking story, and I'll give you the gist of it. Art, the Los Angeles Times is publishing the following story today. President Clinton secretly approved shipments of Iranian arms, that's right, Iranian arms, 
to Bosnian fighters in 1994 despite a UN embargo and Clinton's own official opposition. The covert arrangement which shipped thousands of tons of small arms, mortars, anti-tank weapons and other light equipment would have also contradicted Clinton's official policy of isolating Iran as a supporter of terrorism. The CIA which was not told of the arms pipeline, eventually blew the whistle on it after discovering the operation through satellite monitoring. <laughs> after the CIA brought evidence of the arms deal to the White House, a secret six-month investigation was launched by the Intelligence Oversight Board. The board, composed of Clinton appointees, found no laws were violated. Deja vu all over again. Hmm? Well, well, well. Uh, I remember. Oh, how I remember the years of doing talk radio. After, um, after the, the news of Iran Gate. After the shuffling of arms uh, down into and or monies from arms sales into uh, Central America. My God, I remember the angry, vilifying calls about all of that from the left. Now the left is going to have a great quandary. They will either, uh, what will they do on the talk shows? What will Charlie and company say about this? What will they say? It is virtually the same thing. I mean, here we are dealing with a country that we have officially uh, called terrorist, <laughs> doing the, the very same thing, uh, very nearly, that was done uh, by the Reagan administration. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, it is revealed to be legal and all okay because a bunch of Clinton appointees investigated their own guy. What could the left possibly say to defend this? Will they come on ranting and raving about our government doing something like this and our president doing something like this about a government within a government? Will they say all those terrible things they said about Ronald Reagan or will there be just a crushing, crashing silence? Well, I suspect the latter. But there you have it. That news at this hour just breaking. I'm, I'm telling you, April is going to be a strange month. Very strange month, and it is certainly beginning that way. We're talking about the Unabomber. We're talking about technology, the Internet, the communications revolution. I guess because in part of the uh, possible or probable even capture of the Unabomber, they think they've got their guy. The explosive uh, materials match those used. The writings, uh, they're looking at the typewriters to see if they were the ones that typed the manifesto. Privately, um, the FBI fellows have said, we've got our guy. They're convinced he is the one. And we've been spending a lot of time talking about technology. It's all around us. It's all around me right now. From the Internet, the web, 
to uh, telecommunications that have gone absolutely uh, bonkers. I've got people looking at me um, uh, by calling me. I've got a teleconferencing line going on right now. People can sit here and watch me do my program and do. We've got the first international 800, 800 line toll-free right here. Let me hit that again. We got a call a little while ago from Shenzhen uh, Province, China. He's not called back, and I hope there is no dark reason for that, but um, um, he has not yet called back. <laughs> Nevertheless, we did get that call, and it definitely was from Shenzhen uh, Province, the economic province of communist China. So that can be done instantly from a country that might not want it to occur. I wonder if they thought of that when they set this line up for us, that that could occur. At any rate, um, here it is. If you would like to call us from any spot in the world, if you're listening to my voice now on the Internet or on a very long-distance skip from one of our great 50,000-watt radio stations, you can call the United States toll-free. It will not cost you anything. It is free. You call first and get the um, AT&T USA direct number, direct access number, and then call 800-893-0903. That number again is 800-893-0903. Now we take you back to the night of April 4th, 1996, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Absolutely amazing. Um, uh, Sue, who's on Vidian, tells me, uh, her sources tell her... The Times is reporting that our President Clinton directly participated in the decision to siphon uh, arms shipments through Iran uh, to the Bosnians. This is this is so remarkable. This is so remarkable. It's almost too much. But I tell you these days, I'm, I'm not really surprised by anything anymore. Are you? Does this surprise you, shock you, that another president would do what very nearly brought down a president, uh, that uh, caused congressional hearings? <laughs> Amazing. On our first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, we just missed that call. Did you hear the click just before I said anything? Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. I think I know what Bill Clinton's going to say. He'll just say, I was out of the loop. <laughs> just like everybody else. Yeah, I mean, is, this is almost too much for my poor little mind to deal with. That that, um, And, I, and I'm, I'm trying to imagine what what the left is going to say about this. Now, they ought to come out, of course, if they're true to their ideology, which they're not, roaring and screaming and screeching and yelling that this is awful, like they did last time. Yeah. I mean, after all, you know some of these arms stuck and didn't go through Iran. Mm -hmm. You know a lot of these arms went directly to a nation 
that calls us the great Satan and would kill us. I'm using the same arguments they used then. And uh, our own president in contravention of uh, his own policy sent arms to Iran? Uh, it may clinch it for Dole. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. But I'm not quite clear. Like, some of our arms went to Iran, or... We... Well, they were uh, supposedly, of course, intended uh, for the Bosnians. Oh. Uh, but uh, they used Iran, apparently, according to the story, to, fu yeah, to funnel the arms. It's it's astounding. Yeah, go figure. Okay, well, this is Charles KSFO, and uh, I'll be listening. San Francisco. All right, Charles, thank you very much for the call. It is It is astounding. Now, there will be those who say, well, good, we should have been uh, aiding the Bosnians. And, of course, uh, Bob Dole called for a very open program uh, to aid the Bosnians. So it's not so much the fact that it's the Bosnians that were being helped. It's two things. It's one, contravention uh, behind the scenes of his own public policy. Two, it is astounding to me that of all the nations they would pick, it would be Iran. I mean, think about that. Of all the nations they could pick, Iran, to get arms to the Bosnians. Well, yes, Iran had um, a certainly uh, connections with the right people, so I guess they couldn't avoid it. But can you imagine that decision in the White House? And they say that uh, the story apparently is going to say that the president participated directly in the decision. Wouldn't you love to have been in on that meeting? I mean, there's President Clinton with his advisors... And his advisors are probably telling him, uh, listen, Bill, the only, Mr. President, we'll have it seem formal here, Mr. President, the only way that you're going to get arms to the Bosnians is through Iran. The president probably put his head in his hands, and he thought, but my God, what if this ever gets public? What will they do to me? They'll crucify me. I mean, you do remember, don't you, what they did to uh, uh, President Reagan for the arms deal with Iran? God help us if this should ever get public. I, I imagine they had quite a go-round in the White House about this. And yet, in the end, they went for it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's cosmic irony, I suppose. Isn't it? Cosmic irony that uh, Iran would be the only logical choice to get arms to the Bosnians. Do you suppose the operation was run from the basement of the White House, folks? Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, good morning, Art. Good morning. Yeah, three things I want to do. Uh, one, comment about your show. All right, would you speak up good and loud for us? You betcha. Want to comment about your show, want to comment about technology, and um, then maybe I'll break the biggest taboo known to mankind. Okay. Um, first, your show, in reference to what you call the uh, quickening Yes. I kind of think of your show as the joining, which is the joining of all the minds involved, millions of minds. You know, it's a it's a unique thing. There is that. Yeah, sure, there's that aspect of it. I mean, there are many, many plus sides to technology. What I'm oh. doing here, all the rest of it, there's plus sides, not only, but there's a dark side, too. You bet. And, and, and of course, that's what I want to say about technology. Um, even an untechnological rock can be used as evil. So, you know, it's how you use it. It is, but um, 
the greater the power, the greater the power for both good and evil. And right now, the power is getting greater. And so the risks uh, are multiplying as well. Yeah, very true. Now, you are going to break the biggest taboo in the world. I can't wait. Yeah, well, that's the taboo that says that we can't know who and what it is we are. And the fact that I'm about to tell you, uh, your entire audience is already ready to disbelieve it, and that's how strong the taboo is. Are you going to shatter us all? No, it's, it's, a, it's a mild thing. Really what it is is that uh, you are an aperture by which the universe measures itself. Now think that one through for a minute. An aperture by which the universe measures itself. All right, well, I'll have to give that one more than just a moment's thought, I think. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, how many people out there just fell to their knees and said, Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's it. I'm an aperture. I'm a measurement of the entire universe. How many of you fell to your knees with that knowledge? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Is this one of the New Age Antichrist teachers? Yeah, that's me. Did you know that the destiny of this earth is to be burned with fire, like the floods in the day of Noah? Well, wh which is it going to be? Shake, bake, or drown? By explosion or by collision, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Destiny is fire. My army... The army of my Lord will come with angels of his power in flaming, unquenchable, devouring, eternal flame. <clears throat> and there is only one God, Jesus Christ, the Alpha and Omega, the Great I Am, the beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star, the beginning and the end of Lord of Lords and King of Kings, the highest and most almighty. There's no other God, Mr. Bell. It sounds like a sounds like a sort of like a repeat of the Ten Commandments on the phone, doesn't it? The movie. As you listen to that voice talking of fire and brimstone, the Lord's vengeance, the fires, the floods, the only Lord God who's seen us worshiping idols of gold and jewels raining down his wrath on the earth, somehow or another, crashing a comet into us, crashing the sun into us, causing 40 days or 41 or 2 days of rain. They almost actually had that up there in the northwest here last month. <laughs> it was about a month ago. It's like listening to a, to a religious movie or something, listening to that guy. I know who he is. That's guy who said I was the Antichrist. I recognize the voice. And same line, too. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Calling from Los Angeles. Well, good. K-A-B-C country. You bet. Yes, ma'am. I uh, wanted to tell you that uh, the last two news broadcasts on the radio, that's uh, ABC yes. radio, yes. Were, were telling us that from the uh, comet, that sounds like with a Japanese name, uh, that NASA is saying we're getting x-rays. And they said they have oh. never received x-rays from a comet before. Really? And that's the end of their statement. Really? Yes. Now, why would a comet be emitting x-rays? 
Um, I got, have I'm, no I'm, idea. I'm, In fact, the thing that I think excited me more than the fact that X-rays were coming from it was that it was it was announced, um, which it, and that is odd. And with all that we've been um, going through lately, trying to get information from NASA, yes. I found it fascinating that here they've they've said the same uh, sentence in in the uh, let's see, it was the uh, twelve o'clock news and the one o'clock news, and um, I turned on the television, nobody saying anything there that I can tell, and no one has called your program yet. Dear lady, that is fascinating, and you just called my program, and now you've set my mind racing. I think it's exciting. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, now, look, I'm not an astronomer, I'm not a physicist, but I know there are some out there. Help. I realize that we may pass and have passed through the tails of comets before. In other words, a comet doesn't necessarily hit the Earth. It passes the Earth's orbit um, in a place where the Earth would be in several days, for example, and then the Earth passes through that point, and at that point we pass through the residual left uh, uh, that is the tail or the debris of the comet. Uh, but I have never heard... I have never heard of a comet emitting x-rays which indicates um, a, a great release of energy at, at any rate uh, I can't imagine why energy at that particular bandwidth uh, the X bandwidth would be emitted and, and surely uh, from that distance and we have not yet passed through its tail to the best of my knowledge so the emissions must be coming from the moving comet. That's that's remarkable. And I would like your help out there, either by fax or phone, in figuring out what it means. I've not heard the uh, reports, but I don't doubt that lady at all. The comet is emitting x-rays. Hmm. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, Art, good night. Uh, or I should say good morning. That'll, that'll do. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the Arizona nuclear uh, power plant. Yes, sir. Uh, Scallion, I believe, forecasted some kind of a accident. He did indeed. I wonder if this might just fit, fit the uh, suit. I certainly hope not. Yeah. And uh, regarding the police chasing uh, illegals. Yes. The other night there was a uh, uh, stories of the CHP where a couple of Caucasians <laughs> were uh, running into Mexico and were pretty much shot to pieces upon well, their entry into Tijuana. Yeah, of course, sir. Uh, somebody sent me a fax uh, yesterday that said, Hey, Art, just for the mental exercise of it, imagine for a second that a bunch of white guys get in a beat-up old pickup truck, crash through the Mexican border at Tijuana, and proceed to throw things at the uh, Mexican police that would then be chasing them, side-swiping Mexican cars, and so forth. What do you think would happen to them when the policia caught them? <laughs> we will be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. 
tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from April 4th, 1996. Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired April 4th, 1996. It absolutely is. What an amazing night. What an amazing world. Isn't it? Absolutely amazing. I'll update you on some of these stories, and it does seem there is something to it with regard to the comet. We're getting some absolutely amazing news from the White House. Amazing news. Just amazing. Oh, my. The L.A. Times, I guess, breaking a story that our president participated in a decision to send arms to the Bosnians through, of all people, the Iranians, sent arms to the Iranians in contradiction of his own policy and a U.S. government policy of not dealing with countries that are terrorist countries. You know, I could almost just uh, dredge out an old program from years ago that I did, change, you know, uh, within this wonderful modern day, or not wonderful, we have the ability to snip and clip with computers and just substitute the name Clinton for Reagan, and it would be about the same story. At least till we got to the part about the Contras, it would be about the same story. Back then, the liberals, of course, were absolutely aghast uh, wanting to uh, crucify Ronald Reagan for dealing with a country like Iran, I, I remember that. Nail him up, hang him, hang him, hang him high, and uh, let him be seen by all the nation, hanging and twisting. As a lesson, never for this to occur again. <laughs> Art, assuming the election year GOP fantasy that the L.A. Times story represents might be true. The left will have no quandary whatsoever. The right, however, is going to have a terrible one. I mean, how in the world can conservatives who defended the criminal behavior of the Reagan administration possibly condemn any potential wrongdoing of the Clinton administration? For them to do so would be hypocrisy. <laughs> President Clinton, if this propaganda turns out to be true, 
will do what the Reagan nuts never did. Accept responsibility, apologize to the American people, and not cop out with, I don't recall. The straightforwardness with which the president has responded to Whitewater, much to the chagrin of the right, uh, who prayed for a cover-up, proves this. Republicans should quit relying on this type of bull and send Bob Dole to charm and charisma school. Bill in Seattle. <laughs> um, Bill, I detect between the lines some real worry there, huh? Could it be that your very own President Bill has done this? Could it be? L.A. Times propaganda bill? We'll see, but I, I detect between the lines of that uh, rather hurriedly uh, put-together facts um, uh, quite a bit of worry, and so there should be. And then this art, ABC News just reported that NASA says, in fact, they detected strange X-rays coming from that Japanese comet, a Japanese-named comet that just went past. They have no idea what caused X-rays. They've never detected this sort of thing from a comet before. And I don't have the slightest idea what in a comet could um, uh, produce that kind of radiation or that kind of energy in the X-ray, uh, in the X-band uh, area. Ooh, that's really, really strange. Now, dear Art, who can understand all of this technology bashing? Things have been so much better for us all. Why, if life weren't so good, how come Mom and Dad both are working 60 hours a week just to keep up with Junior's daycare and Grandma's old, folk home, old folks' home bills? America's families have never had it so good. Come on, Art, the international line is cool and all, but I'd rather not have all my human contact over the Internet and Ma Bell's phone lines. Besides the killing, the Unabomber does have a few good points. Yeah, look, I, I don't, as I've been saying right along this morning... I don't um, uh, deny it. Uh, there are, it's a very incredibly powerful technology, and it's very much a double-edged sword. There is a dark side to this. Like anything powerful, there's, uh, there's positive and there's negative, and it's going to depend on how it is used. I've been very thoughtful about technology, and I was very thoughtful, if you want to know the truth, when the Unabomber's manifesto came out, Aside from the horrendous nature of the way the message was delivered, you have got to be thoughtful about the message. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Good morning, Mr. Bell. Good morning. Uh, this is John from Seattle, listening to you on a mighty KOMO. Como, yes, sir. Yeah, um, I was listening to you on the radio, and you were talking about April is the month of... Uh, quickening, or what, you know, something big's going to happen this month. Well, I was thinking, um, I heard last month Mr. Scallion on, on your uh, station, you were talking about the West Coast and uh, the big one hitting at yes. the end of this month. And I just wanted the people to know that uh got to be prepared, can't forget about that. No, uh, everybody, sir, should be prepared, whether you're on the West Coast or wherever else you are. We live in a time when things are happening. Things are happening. Uh, floods, earthquakes, 
uh, natural disasters, uh, more severe weather. I, even though they don't forecast it, I am expecting a very severe hurricane season. I bet there is. And uh, there is a quickening. So you should do the basics. You know, have food around. You don't have to go nuts. You don't have to have underground bunkers, but have some emergency food. Have an emergency radio. Have candles. Have emergency power. Solar power, if you can handle it. Do those things. Be ready. He's right. Scallion or not, uh, you only have to look around at the headlines to know that what I'm saying makes sense. I have uh, prepared thusly, and so should you. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Yeah, Art. Yes. This is Dave in uh, Columbia, California. Hello, Dave. Hi, uh, Art. Uh, you probably looked at the medical x-rays before, right? Yes. And uh, can you make any sense out of them? Um, well, I yes, I had some medical training, so yes. Okay. Uh, I, I well, my, my point is this. Uh, you know, Richard Hoagland's photos, a lot of uh, lay people like myself, you know, probably say that, you know, geez, it doesn't look like much to me, but I kind of liken it to the uh, medical x-rays and that it does take somebody with some training and some... Uh... Oh, it's absolutely correct. What you're saying is correct, and I've had a lot of people now uh, look at Hoagland's photos, and they look at them for a second, and they go, I don't see anything. Ah, nothing to this. And then a, a certain percentage of those people have gone away and again looked more carefully, and they inevitably have come back and said, well, now, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at these more carefully, and uh, I do see something. Yeah, well, that's my point. It just, you know, it, it, it does take a little bit of expertise in, in the field, just like looking at a, at a medical x-ray. I can't tell one thing from another on a medical x-ray, but I'm sure if I studied it for a while and studied the field, then I might, I might be able to make something Absolutely correct. That makes it a very difficult sell, a sell for Mr. Hoagland because the average person wants to be able to load one of those photographs and look and see, um, you know, the Chicago Towers uh, sitting there. Yeah. Um, and that isn't what they see, and so they say, oh, what a bunch of baloney. <laughs> That's right. Well, that was it, Art. Okay, thank you very much for the call, and have a good morning. Sure, you've got to know what you're looking at. Uh, it, it really is uh, quite true, and I must tell you, I've had a lot of responses exactly like that, who first say, what a bunch of absolute hyped-up baloney. But then they go and they more carefully look at uh, the photographs, uh, particularly the Russians on photographs, and they say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, that shouldn't be there. And um, that's what, of course, Richard Hoagland has been saying and why I've had and re retained so much interest in the work he's doing. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, hi, Art. This is the dreaded Ed in Finland, California. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, about that comet, uh, I don't want to uh, start rumors or anything, but it seems very strange that when Harp is beaming energies out in the... Uh, space, I wonder if it could be picking up and reflecting the energies back uh, to Earth. I don't believe that HARP is doing anything in the X-ray uh, range. Mm -hmm. oh, well, how are X-rays produced? Is that like uh, fusion energy or something like that? Or Well, just like when you go to the dentist and get an X-ray. those uh, that, That's uh, energy in the X, what's called the X-band. Mm -hmm. And, it's, uh, and uh, how it would be produced by a kind, as I say, I'm not a physicist, um, how it would be produced by the passing of a comet utterly escapes me, and we have had many comets that have passed mm -hmm. without ever detecting anything like x-rays. It's really bizarre. Uh, let me ask one thing about where you live. You live in Pahrump? Yes. Okay, do you know what it means? Are you called Pahrumpians there, or, or what? 
<laughs> I'm always I'm curious. It sounds like a Native American name. Really. It is, and it means big water. <laughs> okay, all right. So anyway, uh, maybe the uh, comet is a. Uh, uh, I'll give us x-rays, and uh, that's something else to uh, be concerned about. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call. I'm not sure whether it's a reason to be concerned. It certainly is something to investigate and wonder about. X-rays. X-rays, x-rays, x-rays. There would have to be... Um, I mean, that represents a very significant amount of energy at a great distance... And I'm sitting here sort of absorbing this information, apparently as I also absorb some x-rays, and trying to figure it out. And uh, so anybody out there who can help me out with this, why would a comet emit x-rays? How would a comet emit x-rays? Where would the energy come from in the passage of a comet to create x-rays? Fascinating. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, this is Jack in Charleston, South Carolina. Hi, Jack. Uh, comparing uh, President Clinton sending weapons to Bosnia through Iran with Iran-Contras, like comparing a minnow and a whale. It is? Yes. First, you brushed off the uh, Contra part of Iran-Contra. No, I didn't. I mentioned it. Well, it, that was illegal, uh, sending uh, money to the Contras. Well, all right, they, all right. So that was like part two of it, but but part one and the thing that, well, part that one, I recall, sir, that the big complaint from the left at the time was that my God, we are sending arms to a nation that we have said is a terrorist nation. But what that was, we were sending something like two thousand tow missiles to trade for hostages, which is basically opening up a market in American mm -hmm. hostages, basically saying. So if we send tow missiles, more Americans, or we send, more yeah, but, or if we send arms, or whatever it is we do that we send through Iran, uh, for whatever reason, um, the complaint would be the same that it's a terrorist nation, and you know damn well whatever arms they want, they keep. Well, like I said, the main thing was, and then these are this is a nation who calls us the great Satan, isn't it? But the main thing about Iran country was that they. But but what, wait, wait a minute. Is trading. No, that wasn't the main thing. The main thing at the time, the main complaint. Look, I lived through it, sir. I was there. The main complaint was we dealt with a terrorist nation. <laughs> Come on, jog your memory. And like I say, the main thing was weapons for Americans, endangering every American on the planet. And 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 you mean, you mean sending arms. For this reason, to Iran doesn't endanger everybody on the planet. No, because the point uh, of Iran. Uh, uh, oh, come on! No, we sent what we sent them two missiles to get hostages back, <laughs> which endangered Americans. They could kidnap more Americans for more weapons. And and you don't think someday we may end up fighting Iran? We may, but and you don't think they might end up using some of the weapons we just sent over there? President Clinton is is uh, said to have sent over there you against, don't know against our own weapons men? they got. It may have been smaller arms. <laughs> it wasn't tow missiles. Oh, jeez! I'm glad you called. I'm glad you called. Thank you very much, and I'll look forward to some more calls like that, some more enjoyable calls like that. <laughs> Already, it begins. It's okay. Hey, what what this president did? It's okay. There's weapons to a terrorist nation. It's all right. 
Oh. The left never ceases to amaze me. We'll be right back.